Hello, friends. Welcome to Josiah Venture Stories. You will hear incredible stories of life change from the mission field and be inspired by the movement of God in Central and Eastern Europe. I'm your host, Gwen Gardner, and I am so excited to share today's conversation with you. Today on the show, I am interviewing Albanian national Yulian Muhammadi, or more widely known as Yuli. He was just 14 years old when he became a Christian. Since his family was culturally Muslim, Yuli first found a copy of the Quran and read it cover to cover. The God described there seemed cruel and impossible to please. If there was a God, he reasoned, it was hopeless to follow him. A friend heard about his search and challenged him to read the Bible, both Old and New Testaments, at the same time. In typical teenage fashion, it turned into a race. Yuli loves a good competition and pulled ahead of his friend, but didn't realize that this was actually a rescue mission. Somewhere in the middle of Exodus and John, God opened his eyes. Yuli put his faith in Christ and received the gift of eternal life. Yuli is married to Suella, and they have two daughters, Amelia and Emma. Together, he and his wife studied at Glow Bible College in Scotland, and when they came back to Albania, they began to serve in church planting and started a new youth ministry in Valor. They began to dream of healthy disciple-making youth ministries all across Albania and were burdened for the thousands of young people in their country who do not yet know Christ. Yuli, welcome to the show! Thank you for having me with you. It's (laughs) a pleasure being here. Yes, it's so good to talk with you today. This is so fun. Oh, yes. Yes. You ready to have a fun conversation about your life? Oh, yes. I, I, it's, it's always fun talking about yourself. <laughs> That's right. Oh. And I just introduced you, but I'm sure you have some other things to say. What would you like to say about yourself or your family? What you like to do? What you don't like to do? Anything. <laughs> so, uh, much you, you said much uh, of my life on that introduction, so uh, I can say that's all truth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> that's the first thing. <laughs> uh, the second, uh, what, what I was going to, to say is thinking about funny stuff or, or interesting stuff. I really, I, I really love, uh, love what I do and I love Great. my country. So that's uh, that's that's another thing. And uh, the funny stuff you were talking about me reading the Bible, it, it turned up in a race, and no one finished it. Oh, you didn't but, even finish it. <laughs> yes, but four of us that we were reading the Bible in that time, four of us we accepted Jesus as our Savior. So I wow. tried that. I tried that other times, but maybe we can talk later on. Yes. <laughs> well, tell me more about. Albania. You love your country. What is life like for Albania? I've never been there. So tell me a little bit about your culture, your country. You have, you have never been, so you are missing a lot. I know. I, <laughs> we, are, we are a typical Southern Europe country. It's mean, uh, I, I live on the seaside. Okay. Uh, and my city is called Vlor. It has uh, 250,000 people. Albanian people are are known for their hospitality. If okay. uh, one one of our poets uh, says that uh, the house of the Albanian is uh, of God and of guests. Oh, nice, nice. I like that. So when you come to Albania, it's like uh, you have grown up here. 
Like everyone is welcoming, everyone says, everyone uh, want to know more about you and ask a lot of personal questions even. Oh, okay. Okay. So you're, you're ready. You're prepared for me to ask you personal questions because you're used oh, to it. Oh, yes. It's, it's, just norm, it's just normal life. Normal yeah. life. Normal life. <laughs> and there are about 3 million people in Albania? Something like yes, that? Yes, three, 3 million. 3 million inside Albania. Okay. Do you know how many of those are Christian? Um, less than 1%. Yeah. Wow. As, 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 as a country, we are uh, 64% Muslims. Okay. Uh, and uh, after that, uh, around 13% Catholic, 13% Orthodox, and uh, we have a lot of atheists, uh, so people who don't believe in God at all as their religion, and we have 1% born-again Christians. Wow, that's that's crazy. So you, in your introduction, as I said, that you grew up as a cultural Muslim, does that, what does that mean? That means that it's me, my, my parents never been to, to the mosque. Mm-hmm. But they always did all the feasts of the Muslim religion, like even Ramadan and all these kind of things. Okay. And uh, it means that religion, faith has nothing to do with their daily life. Mm-hmm. But in the same time, religion is their identity. Oh, wow. So it's a, it's a kind of mix between not being a believer at all, but respecting all the rules of the faith. Okay. Of the religion, you know, something in the middle like that. Yeah, like you, you respect it, but it doesn't really affect you personally. <laughs> yes, something okay. like that. Something like yeah. that, yeah. Well, so t- tell us more about your coming to faith journey and what that looked like for you. Um, and even how like you read the Quran, but that God seemed cruel. So tell us more about that. My, my my coming to faith was uh, like uh, was a long journey of search. Mm-hmm. And actually, I was not searching Christianity. I was not searching uh, Jesus. I was searching God in general. Okay. And uh, what to do? Like, uh, if you search for God, you grow up in a Muslim, even cultural Muslim family. The only religious book you have home is the Quran. Okay. So I, I decided something happened in my life. And I decided, uh, my, my question in my mind was, what will happen if I died? Mm. So that was, and I was a 12-year-old boy, uh, very good at school, but in the same time, very, very not regular in things. So I was, uh, I was this mix of a, a, good, a good child at school, but a very different child outside of school. Okay, uh, yeah. So even with... Uh, with friends and and going around. So I sit down and read the Quran and trying to understand or to give an answer to to the question. And actually, I started asking to a lot of people, my teachers, my friends, and all these kind of things. I read the Quran and and, and read about this God that has all these rules that need to apply to you. Mm -hmm. But at the the end, he can just decide not to get you to to heaven. He, he, He put things in a scale. Yeah. And I didn't like a scale because my my appearance was a good boy at school, a good boy for my parents, and everyone when there was a fight, no one was uh, was thinking that I caused it because I was the the nice boy. Uh-huh. But inside and behind I was something else. So and I knew if God will put things in scale, I will fail. Yeah. So that was uh, so I was not happy. 
And the the other thing was I really all these rules in the Muslim faith created in me something like okay I have to work for it mm-hmm. and I know that I will fail. Yeah. So depend on me. If depend on me, it me it's mean I cannot reach that. Mm-hmm. So that that was more or less my 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 initial start looking for God. After that. Uh, uh, a friend of mine that we were friends at school, he he invited me. I was looking for a Bible. That mm-hmm. was the the second search, and Bibles are expensive here in Albania. Oh, really? Maybe everywhere are expensive. I don't know, but here in Albania, in that time, a Bible was ten dollars. That in that time, ten ten dollars was like uh, I don't know. It was more than two weeks of work. Oh, One week wow. and a half of work. Yeah. One week and a half, something mm-hmm. like this. So uh, I couldn't find a Bible. And this friend of mine told me in this little church, they give Bibles. Oh, for free. I went there and they offered me a New Testament. And I said, no, I don't want it. I'm sorry. I want the whole book. <laughs> I give you I the, whole the whole thing. Yeah. The whole thing. Yeah. So, so, and they said, we give those only to believers. Uh-huh. Or I discovered that in this teenagers meeting they had, they had a point system when if you go to every meeting, if you learn memory verses, if you do your homework, they will give a Bible to the three people on the top of the list for Christmas. Oh. And I was there in September. Oh, so right on time for Christmas. <laughs> right, right on time for Christmas. So I, it was... <laughs> Nearly the only time I learned memory verses, yeah. <laughs> because I'm I'm really bad learning memory verses, but I I ended up third, so I got that Bible. So, okay. And in January, together with some friends, we started this race. Who read the Bible first? So then, what was it about the God of the Bible that captured you? There were there were two things. When we start reading the Bible, uh, church member, we started from Genesis normally. Right. In the beginning. In the beginning. Yeah. And a church member discovered that when we were around Genesis 20 or no, Genesis 35 or something like this. And they said, you should not read like this. You should read some from the Old Testament, some from the New in the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a smart suggestion because we start reading and I was... In Exodus, I really remember that. I was in Exodus and I was in John 3. Oh, nice. Yeah. So these two passages were really connected with me. The the first one in Exodus, the beginning of Exodus, the way that God saved Moses. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like yeah, I he said, should have some, di- he should have died. Yeah. He should have died. Yeah. But God not only saved him, but he took him back to his mother. Right. Yeah. You know, it, it, that it's connection, beautiful. it's amazing. I love that. And the second passage was, and that was really connected with something happened to me that I started the search. Mm-hmm. So I, I recognized that God really saved me, protected me. He had a plan for me. And the second passage was in, in John 3, where Nicodemus goes to Jesus. Yeah, how can you be born again? (laughs) Yes, but more than the question is the question that Jesus asked to him and says, you are a a teacher of the law and you don't know these things. Mm -hmm. And like I said to you before, like I'm, I'm, 
I was really good at school. So I, I, I thought I knew everything. And that question was like, and after that, straight after that, it's, uh, it says uh, it Jones 316 that it's every, I, I know that by memory. Everyone does, yeah. But, <laughs> but it's, it's John 317 that says the son of man did not came to judge, but to save. Right. Like I didn't quote literally, like I, I just did a, but it, it, it really was like, that really touched my heart and, and was like, okay, the God of the Bible is a saving God. It's a caring God. It's a God that look at details. And it's a God that did everything. There was no scale. No scale. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he like, saves no like, matter what. I did it. Yeah. I did it. You just believe. And even if you are wrong in something and a lot of things wrong and something's good, it does not depend on that. Right. It depends on what I did. So that really what stuck me about reading the Bible and really understanding what, who God is. So what? tell me more about that theme of saving. Like Moses was saved. His life was saved. Nicodemus, like he, or Jesus said, I came to save the world. So what was that? Tell me more about how that really connected to your heart. I really knew myself and, uh, and that, that I knew that I did not deserve good things. Even I had a face and I had uh, an opinion in public that Yuli is a good guy, Yuli is a, a good student at school, he respects friend at school, but behind the scene, I was a messy person. Mm. And I knew that there was no hope. And like I told you before, like something happened at the beginning of this, uh, uh, I, I had someone putting a gun in my head. Oh my gosh! And it tell, uh, what is that story? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a long story, but the short version of it was in '97 in Albania. We had a kind of civil war that started and ended in our city mm -hmm. when everyone had guns. Like we took the guns from the military, and for six months we didn't have any policemen, any military in our city. So everyone were do was doing like things were on the hand of everyone. Yeah, doing right what, what doing what was what, right in their own eyes. Yeah. Yes, that's that's another concept. Like I've seen in in person. In what person, does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, someone was asking money for money to my father, and he put it a gun in my head, and he said, "If you don't give the money, I will kill your son." So what happened was at the end, they this this criminal they start fighting with each other, and one of them said to my father, "Go." But that moment, I start thinking, what will happen? Mm -hmm. Because I don't deserve going to, to heaven. I know myself. I cannot be good. I need saving. Mm -hmm. So going back to, to, to your original question, what does it mean I need saving? I need a relationship with God, but I know that I cannot go there. Mm -hmm. And that one, after that, opened all this horizon for me and all this search. It, it was a research until I was 15. So it was, was not short. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it took, yeah, reading the Bible with friends and um, were, were there some really good, I bet there were some really good conversations that happened among those friends. There were a lot of conversation and 
none of us were Christians, so we were not doing it in a in an intentional way because we wanted to to respect our religion. Mm-hmm. Like all of us, except one, he was Catholic background. All of us, we were Muslim background. So, and the reading was to question, not to accept. So the point of view of reading, we were questioning the Bible. And I think that's the best way to read the Bible, to say the truth, even now as a Christian. Yeah. Go to the Bible and question there. That happened to, and question that's happened everything to so you many read. people. Yeah, that's happened to so many people. I think even like C.S. Lewis went to the Bible and was trying to like disprove it. And then he becomes a believer. And yeah, so many yeah. people. Yeah. yeah. So then did you get, get connected with a local church after that? Yeah, the local church that I won the Bible. Oh, yeah. You won the Bible there. I, yes. I, I won the Bible. So I, I, I got connected there. I was like... Like I said, I was I was good as a as a as a student. Mm-hmm. So I I became a Christian at fourteen. I asked to them at 15, at fourteen to get baptized, and they said no. Oh, <laughs> you are too young to take that kind of decision. So I asked to them when I was fifteen, and they said no, or or they said no. Nope. Like ask to your parents if they allowed you. Uh huh. But my parents were against my new religion or new faith, so they will never allow me. When I was 16, I said to them, if you don't baptize me, I will go and baptize myself. I'll find, yeah, <laughs> baptize myself or find someone to do it for me. <laughs> yeah. So, and, uh, and yeah, when I was 17, I, I preached for the first time in church because I was eager to really share what I was learning from the mm-hmm, Bible. Mm-hmm. And uh, I grew up in that church and I'm still in the same church. Okay, yeah. So As like, church. are you one of the youth pastors or what's your role now in the church? I'm, I'm, I'm a church pastor. That is quite the story. And I, I think that's amazing how you yeah, started reading the Bible, asking questions about like, who is God? And having all these other questions and then coming to faith. Wow. Are your parents believers now or not? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, it's, uh, my mother has been so near God, but things happen in her life. And she has been shifting up and down on it. And my father is more near now than he has ever been. Oh. So, so he's reflecting on big questions about, right. about his life and things like that. And I'm sure they've observed your life and seen changes happening in your life too, so... Yeah, I, I, I'm happy to think that, but to say the truth, they observe more my daughter's life. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> like my my youngest one, Emma, just uh, we we had a church member going with the Lord with COVID a couple uh-huh. of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were trying to explain to the girls why she's called Teta Sofika, why she's not anymore with us. And we and my little daughter, she under, she heard that. And we have a family chat on WhatsApp and she sent a message there saying that Teta Sofika went with the Lord, but she is in a better place because she believed Jesus. And if you guys, if you, Nana and uh, and grandfather, if you want to be in a happy place after you will die, you have to believe in Jesus. 
precious coming that from That was her you. message. That's her, that's her message there. That was her message. <laughs> I love it. I love the faith of children when they just yeah. like say. So say I think they're doing more than me on that. Oh, that's sweet. Yes. So then after all of that, like how did you first hear about Josiah Venture? What was your connection with JV? I was explaining like I love I love reading the Bible and the second thing I love I love young people. Mm -hmm. So some 7 years ago with my wife we started a youth ministry at church and it grew up very fast. It grew up so much that was too much for us to handle. Uh-huh. And uh with all the other things we were doing. We were doing student ministry, pastoring the church, preaching, uh, some national events and all these kind of things. So I wanted to find a way to, to give it to someone else. Mm -hmm. But I had the desire in my mind, but you're not in my heart because I thought no one was so good to do it like I was doing it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Pride comes in sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> So I applied to go to a conference called DLF in Poland. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there was, uh, it, uh, it, it is the youth ministry network there and, and led by, by Dave Patti, the Josiah Venture president. Mm -hmm. So, and when we went there, we did all this list of things. They did a kind of uh, quiz at the beginning to divide people in groups. And I was the only one looking for multiplication. So, and the group of multiplication had only two people, me and the leader. Dave. Dave. <laughs> so I ended up spending spending the whole conference only with Dave. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the, the way. And he offered me to, to help me let go or how we called it multiplying ministry. He said, mm -hmm. if you let go this, you have to start something else. Right. Yeah. So he helped me for the next six months. Before Zoom, we use Zoom, you know? Right, Before right, right. COVID, Before 2020. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So on Zoom, he was meeting twice a month with me and helping me let go of the ministry to another couple uh -huh. that I should say that they are doing it better than me in this moment. So that's the way I got to, to get connected with Josiah Venture. I was in a secular job and working in a secular job during that time. So, Wow. And now you're the country leader of Albania. That's That's a big word. <laughs> I know that's like a <laughs> big title. <laughs> it's a big title. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> yeah, la later on we in conversation with Dave, he 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 said, "What do you want? What can how I can help you to to have more of your time in mm -hmm. youth ministry?" Mm -hmm. So, together with Armal, one of uh, my friends, very close friends, we we started Josiah Venture for Albania. And then there, how many couples or families are there in Albania now? Uh, three. Three. Three yes. families that work with JV now. And we work in around uh, 15 churches. Oh, wow. Okay. We help them to start and grow in youth ministry. Wow. So let's talk a little bit about that, about growth and life change. And as a pastor and you've been in youth work, like how have you seen the lives of young people change in Albania? In uh, a lot of ways, I, I should say, but one one of the one of the most fruitful ways I've seen around, seen working in the in the life of young people is when you dedicate time to them, mm -hmm. but not just time sitting with them or just hanging out with them, 
but quality time. Yeah, intentional when, time. When yeah, intentional time. Like when you when you care about them and sit with them and talk about them with them about them and about God mm-hmm. and be open. Uh, like you said before, like uh, we I, I became a Christian reading the Bible, and I challenge. So far, I don't. I lost the count, but I have been challenging more than fifty people to do that thing. Yeah. So, like I said, my my best friend Ermal, he became a Christian because I challenged him to read the Bible with him. Right. You had, like every day, right? You read the Bible for every, every day for three months. Three we months. read the whole Bible together. Wow. So, and uh, he did it with other friends, and I did it with other friends, and I keep doing it even today, even. Later on, after this conversation, I'm going to sit with one of our teenagers and read the Bible. That's great. So you just, you read the Bible and then do you talk about it? Do you have some questions that you ask? We we talk, I have three simple questions. Mm-hmm. When we read the Bible in this general way, my, my simple questions are from the beginning, I said, look for three things. What does it say about God? What does it say about you and how you can apply it? And so far... Until today, I have never seen a passage in the Bible that does not have the answer of these three things. Yeah, I would agree. I think those are three amazing questions anyone can ask. And it's one of those things where it's like, okay, we're going to read this passage. You don't even have to like really prep anything beforehand. It's just you read the Bible, ask those questions, have a conversation and see how the Holy Spirit moves. That's it. That's it. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Oh, man, I love it. Well, to you, uh, as you are a pastor and making disciples in Albania, what are some important qualities of a disciple maker? I think to be a disciple maker, you need to be a disciple. I think that's that's very important. That that includes your relationship with God, your, your learning about God daily. A disciple is a follower that learn from the master. So if you are not a disciple, you cannot be a disciple maker. For me, this is the key, the key thing. And going on the disciple maker direction, I will say, if you don't love the people, you cannot make disciples. So I think love, it's a key. So if it's in the third part, knowledge is key. You have to know your God. We have to know God before sharing him. In the second part, if you don't love the people, you cannot disciple them. And loving the people can be in practice and not not only theoretically, not only the idea, I love the people. I love the people of my country or I love the young people of my city. No, I love them in practice. I, I, I'm with them, I do for them. And after that, I share the gospel with them. Yeah, and I think young people especially can tell when you don't really love them, when you're not being genuine and... So I think you're totally right. Like you have to genuinely, intentionally show that love by showing interest in what they care about, just like helping them in any way, you know, like that's, that's, I love that. That's amazing. Yeah. And the, the, for me, love is first because after, if you, if you do love well, if you love them well, everything else come, comes smoothly. Mm-hmm. What, what I mean is when, when we think about disciple making, like we use the sentence, disciple that make disciples. 
So I'm a disciple of Christ and I'm making disciples of Christ, not disciple of myself. Right, yes. And yes. being a disciple maker in that way, I should start love them like Christ loved them. And after that, teach them the way Christ teached me. Mm-hmm. So in, in this sense, when you love, you have everything else going under that umbrella. You have all you need. And then for young people, like the question we ask everyone on the podcast, as we're an organization who works with young people, what advice would you give to young people today? My advice for young people today, it's, it's something I, I, I tell to young people in Albania every time I have the opportunity. It's like being vul- vulnerable. That's mm-hmm. a very difficult word for us. Yeah, vulnerable. But, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, it means being open to accept failure and success. Mm-hmm. And here is becoming difficult to talk about big life questions. Mm-hmm. And people feel ashamed if they ask. So the question or the advice I give to young people is don't be ashamed of spending important time on important questions. Mm. And, and it's very important to, to think about the meaning of life, about why I'm here, about is there a God? Mm-hmm. And if yes, who is he? This, these are some very important questions that young people, sh- young people should not be afraid to ask. Yeah, totally. I have had so many conversations with young people about like their purpose. Like they want to know why was I even created or if I was created, who created me? Like what what's the what's the meaning of life like you're saying? And those kinds of conversations and questions are so valuable in a young person's life to be there as like someone who's a little bit older to say, "Hey, I'm here if you want to ask any questions." So. And it's a sign of maturity. Mm-hmm. Young people are eager to, to look more older, more mature. And these questions are a sign of maturity. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying this because in our culture, coming from a communist background, and JV works on Central and Eastern Europe, right? the communist bloc, it really canceled all these questions and canceled all this reflecting on yourself and your relationship with the creator. So it's time. So it's time to ask these questions. It is time to ask these questions. It's time. Well, in closing, Yuli, is there anything else that you would like to share or encourage our listeners with or even share something that God is teaching you personally? I I, I will say something to, to the end. of. Thank you very much for the, for the time. And yes, for, thank you. For the opportunity. But one, one thing I, I will say to listeners that are listening to the podcast, even if they are Christian or not Christians, it's uh, about Jesus. It's, uh, he changed my life and he's looking for a personal relationship with people. If you are a Christian, I will say, don't miss any opportunity of sharing Jesus with young people. And if you are not a Christian, I will say, don't miss any opportunity to discover the great relationship with God. I think everything else come after this. Thank you, Yuli, for sharing that. And 
Also, open your Bible and read it. New Testament mixed with Old Testament, right? <laughs> Ask those three questions. <laughs> the Bible has the answer. Yes, yes. It's just there for you to discover it. But the book has its values not on the way it's shaped, but on the word inside it. Mm. So go and read it. <laughs> go and read it, yes. With Thank, friends, with, not alone. Yes, with yes. friends. <laughs> with friends. That's the best. That's the best. Amazing. Yuli, thank you so much. Thank you for everything that you're doing in Albania. I am so inspired by how God changed your life as a young person. And now you're dedicating your life to share Jesus with young people today. So it's amazing. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, you're welcome. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Josiah Venture Stories. For more information about Josiah Venture, visit us at josiahventure.com and follow at Josiah Venture on social media. If you have any questions about this episode or would like to get in touch with our guest, please email social at josiahventure.com. And to help more people hear Josiah Venture Stories, leave a comment and give us a five-star review or share this episode on your social media. Thank you, friends, and have a blessed day.